What's up, Eichmer fans? A while back, I thought it would be cool if there were an app that made it really easy to find a group ride anywhere in the world. Turns out, I'm not the only one, as there are several options helping cyclists find others to ride with, whether it's road, mountain, whatever you want to do. Today, I'm speaking with the two guys behind Chasing Watts, a group ride app that started just before the pandemic as a side hustle passion project and ended up amassing huge numbers in their hometown of Houston, Texas. Now, they're primed for growth, so we talked about how it started, what sets them apart from the competition, their business model, and really just how it all works. Please welcome Jason and Scott from Chasing Watts. Hey, Scott and Jason, welcome to the Bike Rumor Show. Hey. Hello. Hello, how are you? Good, good. So since we have two of you on here, I'm going to let you each introduce yourselves so people know whose voice is whose, and maybe you could just kind of you know tell us what your role is there, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, great. Uh, Jason Codian, CEO and uh, technical visionary of Chasing Watts. Uh, uh, I, I've done all the, the coding and, and the idea around Chasing Watts, uh, so we'll get into that. My name is Scott. I'm the COO of Chasing Watts. I make sure we do fun stuff. <laughs> awesome. That's a great, uh, great job description or job responsibility, I should say. Yeah. It's kind of the dream job, I think. It's the better end of the stick. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So in a nutshell, like, tell me what Chasing Watts is, and then I'll, I'll tell you how I found out about you guys. Okay. Yeah. Chasing Watts, uh, at, its, at its simplest form, Tyler, is we connect cyclists, right? So going back to how this started a little bit is... The, you know, with all the social media and, and it's really started on a, 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 a local level for me, you know, doing group rides during the week on the weekends, it just got quite difficult to stay up to, to snuff on what, what was happening during the week, who's riding, where we riding, how fast we going, what route we want to do. And so I, I just, I really thought about, it. I'm a technical guy and I can, I can do something about this. So I spun up a quick website and the local guys really, really got uh, on board with it. and. Um, you know, it just kind of spun from there. So it's just about, it's about making it easy for folks to find the ride and, and have all the information to do so. Nice. Okay. So, and you've been around for a while, like a longer than I think I realized for sure, because I'd not heard of it. And then, um, so my buddy, Scott, he used to work at Zwift, introduced me to your website. Nice. It's kind of funny why, but I, and I'll tell you why in a second, but he's like, oh yeah, they've been doing it for, you know, down in Texas for quite a while. Like, 2016, I think. So I started the, the, the dev in late 18, and we kind of, I kind of went live early 19. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. quite a while to sort of fly under the radar. And it is, yeah. Was that intentional? Like to just sort of troubleshoot and figure it out, or was it a funding thing? Like, why have you stayed small and sort of regionalized? Well, you, you know, it's it's really about. Um, you know, this, this is something I started out of, you know, personal need and it was really a, a pet project for me. And so we just, we, we've kind of, uh, you know, the first couple of years were very local, right, Tyler, and then COVID hit, which that didn't help the cause of trying to get people into group rides, but we actually maintained some, some pretty good core features out of that, you know, pri private rides and things, you know, helping, helping folks keep things small if they wanted to, but it has really been we're finding our way in terms of our audience and, and yeah, we're next steps are, you know, do we want to look at funding? Do we want to take this to a bigger scale? Yeah, it was just literally, it was something we just did for our local group of cyclists and Houston is huge and there's tons of cyclists, mm -hmm. but 
originally it just started to make it easy for us to decide what we were going to do and where we were going to go and how do you share that route. And then actually through just kind of word of mouth, a race team in Fort Worth heard about it, reached out to Jason, and he actually started to help them with sort of their team camps and some other stuff. And then that's when he really kind of decided that it could be a little bit bigger than just a personal project. And then, like you said, it, it slowly grew and then the pandemic hit. And then obviously, you know, group writing was a little bit not the cool thing to do. <laughs> so he kind of took that time to, to tweak it and play with it and do the mobile app and, and some really fun stuff. And then it really here locally just kind of took off word of mouth. We did some, some really fun events. We did, uh, we did the Chasing Watts uh, Century Challenge where in August we ride a century every weekend. And so a lot of people started coming to that and hearing about the app and using it to show up for that. And so it was very much word of mouth and very grassroots. To answer your question, the reason it hasn't gone national is just because we haven't done any advertising or really pushed it that direction. But we actually have users all over the country. But most of the content, most of the rides are created here in Texas. And, and that's literally just, I think, an awareness thing, right? Like there's nothing preventing a whole bunch of people finding it, you know, here in North Carolina where I am or anywhere and just creating a bunch of rides, right? That's correct. Pretty much. You could download it and create a ride right now. It'd take you about three minutes. Yeah. I, I created an account right before we hopped on and it literally took 10 seconds. Nice. Yeah. I haven't created a ride yet, but I will for sure. So then is that from a technical standpoint, imagine something, you know, we get a couple thousand people listen to this real quick and then all of a sudden they all jump on at once and then they tell their friends and all of a sudden you have like 10, 20,000 people in the next couple of weeks sign up for this. Is that going to like crash your servers or? You know, it's funny. I, I uh, We talked, uh, Scott and I spoke about this, uh, I don't know, ways ago. And, I, you know, I always joked that whether it's the Reddit effect or Mike Rumor effect or some 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 network effect that, you know, it's, if it, if it crashes the servers, that means we're doing well. But yeah, you know, I think uh, uh, I think we're we're optimized as best we can right now to take on the new traffic. We've been monitoring Houston. We have I don't, it's just amazing to me that just in the Houston area, we've been growing the way we have, and the number of rides per week that we that we filter through, and the number of views that you know we continuously see on on the app and the and the website is just has been uh, uh, like the end of this year has we've we've probably more than doubled on all fronts and, yeah. and, and users and rides and views. So we're hopeful that uh, we're we're going to be uh, technically optimistic that we can handle the influx. But uh, again, if uh, if everybody brings down the site, we'll uh, we'll make some quick uh, quick work to get you going. <laughs> Sweet. So Jason is being modest. So he actually writes enterprise wide apps. And the way he wrote this one, especially for our new version, the, the 3.0 that just came out, it's actually scalable. It's on Microsoft Azure. So if we get 10,000 people jump on it tomorrow, we can literally expand it. So it's something we're looking forward to. Maybe we'd have some champagne if 10,000 people signed up. <laughs> but, nice. but otherwise, it would be fine. Nice, nice. I mean, I, I can see the need for it for sure. So the funny, I think it's funny anyway. I, when I get an idea in my head, you know, I, for me, I have these mental exercises I do. It's just a creative outlet to try and come up with business ideas. And I was, you know, working on this other thing that was like kind of bike club. Well, it is called bike club related. And we're just like thinking, what can we add to bike club to make it kind of like valuable for the users? And one was like, well, what if it's a way to connect the rider? So I went like, I literally created like a 30 page deck on like how a group ride app would work and showed it to Scott. And he's like, uh, have you seen Chasing Watts? I'm like, uh, <laughs> no, but that's exactly what I was hoping for. So Sweet. Or, or, nice. yeah, it's Great um, like a like. <laughs> yeah, th thank you. But yeah, I, I get a little excited with ideas and just don't do enough research sometimes. But um, yeah. 
Yeah. So like, but I think if it's like any idea, right? Like if I, as a cyclist, like it, there's a good chance there's at least if, you know, couple hundred or thousand cyclists in the world that would probably like it. And I think that like, did you guys do a lot of research on this ahead of time or was it, it sounds like it was just something you wanted. So you made it. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 that's it. I love cycling. I mean, I, if I could do it every day, all day, I probably would. And my wife wouldn't uh, kill me about it, but I, I love cycling and I love it's, it's a community thing. It's a, to me, it's a, it's a great way to meet new people. And, and I've met so many great people uh, over the last years, even just with chasing Watts, but it's just such a, it's just such a cool thing when cyclists get together, you know, like-minded cyclists to, to do this stuff. And so not to sound too cheesy, but it's just, it really was a passion thing for me. It's just, this was such a, a neat thing. And, and to see people saying, Oh, that's such a great tool. I love it. That's really why. Cool. We, uh, we sort of put the proverbial horse before the cart. So, yeah. you know, Jason did this purely out of need, but then down the road, we actually ended up getting invited to a startup accelerator. And so it wasn't until we went through the, the G beta program that we started doing all the market research and all the other, you know, sort of financial side of things. And then we started looking and say, Hey, not only is this something that we need as cyclists, but it's something that the market uh, absolutely seems to need because nobody, even though there, there is some portions of that, you know, Strava and ride with GPS and some other stuff that sort of kind of get close. Most of their stuff focuses on either route creation or after the fact. It wasn't really anybody that focused on the ride logistics and creating a ride, whether it's a training ride or a big team ride or just a local community group ride. And so we actually created it out of our individual need, but it turns out once we did the market research, there was a lot of space for it. Very cool. Is yeah, so a little while ago, very recently, I guess, in the scheme of your lifespan here, uh, we posted about one on Bike Rumor called Link My Ride, which is from a couple of European pros. And I think right now mainly focused on Europe. But it's the same thing. Anybody can sign up anywhere, create a ride anywhere. So there's a little bit of competition. But one of the immediate responses I got internally when I was telling people what the story I was working on, and then even the comments were like, well, privacy, oh, you're going to put out there that you're riding on this time or you're who you are and where you are. And, you know, like, what's the, have you seen any legitimate real world privacy concerns with this? No, we haven't, not, not to this point, Tyler. And, and, you know, it's like, I got to compare it to the other, you know, the other apps that, that, that have the similar thing. But I, I think the, the, the benefit to something like Chasing Wads is that most coordinated rides that we've seen are starting from, you know, good public places and not someone's house. If that is the case, then we have the option to do private rides where it's, you know, you've got to be invited to that ride. You can't see that ride. So I think users have felt pretty good about they have full control over their profile names. And, and, and again, we don't, we don't collect, uh, we use ultimately it's, it's, it's geo, you know, based in terms of your, your, it boils down to a lat long, right. And that's all the, that's kind of all of the, the, the real information that we need from, from a user is just, okay, where, where do you sit in the world and how far around in a radius do you want to see the rides? And so everything else is, is, is not all that important in terms of, of privacy. I don't, so I don't, I don't think it's an issue. I actually will tell you an interesting anecdote because I, I that didn't really, you know, as a guy, that didn't really come up in my head when we were doing this. Yeah. But there's a female cyclist that I, I work with. I'm a, I'm a coach. And she actually told me she looks because on Chasing Watts, you can see who's on the roster, right? Who's going to show up for that ride? And she actually told me there was a few specific cyclists that she tried to avoid sometimes. And so she would look at the roster first to see if there were other women on the ride and if she was comfortable going on that ride. So sort of from a safety perspective, for her personal safety, she actually liked it and used it from that respect 
But I've never had anybody tell me they were worried about maybe people knowing where they were going or tracking. Usually that conversation comes up around Strava and making sure they have their privacy circle enabled and all that so people can't see what they're doing habitually. But a lot of these group rides, they're pretty big and you get a really consistent group. So they actually feel more safe if they know who's going to be on the ride and who's going to be on the roster than not. Yeah, that's a cool point. So when I'm looking at it, is it just like I'll see a map and little dots will pop up where the rides are? Is it a calendar base? Like, how do I actually go find a ride near me? So you've got, you've got, uh, you've got a few things there, right? And they're, it's, it's all integrated. So we've got a full-blown website as well as full native Apple and uh, Android mobile apps. And, and, you know, a lot of people use the mobile and, and both of them operate under what we call a dashboard. So by default, you launch to the dashboard and it, it just kind of lists the, the next uh, week's worth of upcoming rides if there's any in your area. And on both both platforms, they're shared, right? So they're fully synced. As you as you do one, it'll 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 show up in the other instantly. But we've got calendars, and then we've got map views, so you can explore. So you you're not just stuck with okay, I've always got to look at a, a sticky calendar, right? So uh, you know, with our recent version 3.0, we we've it's a good problem to have. We in Houston, we were getting so many rides for the week that it, people were just having to scroll. So we put in some some day filtering. So if you look, I I, I know I want to get. A ride in on Friday, you can you can quickly get to the Friday rides. Or um, some folks still like to look at a month monthly calendar on the web. It's a little bit more flexible in terms of an agenda view or a week view. But but yeah, um, and if you want to explore on a map and say, okay, look, I'm I'm going to be in the north side of town or the west side of town or whatever, you can again on on either platform you can you can see those things uh, really quick. I think that to me, like the traveling side of that, being able to look on a map and see, you know, if I'm going to go to San Francisco or you know wherever. Just being able to pop up and see that and jump on a ride locally, it's to me, that's a kind of a safety thing because I know I'm going to be on a legit route, you know, not out exploring on roads where the traffic might be insane that I don't know. But also, you know, you just kind of have a safety and numbers thing. And yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. 100%. And I will point out there is, there is one more way, a less direct way to find rides. So we have a tab on the app called Hubs. So like bike shops and coffee shops and other places, they can actually get their own account on there. And so that they have recurring rides. So to use your point about traveling, like let's say you're going to the Bay Area and you want to look up your your favorite bike shop, if they're on the hubs, you can pop on there and see if they have any recurring rides. So you actually can go to a specific place. So you can look at a map calendar view, you can look at a full map view and just browse, or you can even go to a specific business and see if they have any recurring rides. So I'm, I just clicked on that actually on hubs and because of where my zip code is, there's no rides or, or hubs shops mm-hmm. around. So like, how would I... Because I don't see anywhere to put like search this area. So how do I find hubs or rides in a different area than what my profile says I'm located in? So you, there's a couple of options there, right? You, we actually have search again across the platform. You can search by area and again radius and, and dates. That will search all the rides on the mobile app. Uh, in terms of a traveling option, we've tried to make it easier that there's an actual location button. Say okay, if I'm my home base, you don't have to change your radius. That's the other option is just literally go in and update your zip code or, or city and state. And, and if you're going to, if you're going to be away for a while, you can leave it there, but there's an option on the mobile app to say, okay, use my current location. We'll determine where you're at and show any rides. And that kind of puts the, puts the app in that, that travel mode. Uh, the website's obviously not set up that way, but you can search anywhere just based on a location. And again, the, everything is, is, you know, think of it as lat long, P- p- uh, excuse me, a pinpoint and a radius, you know, okay, do I want to see 50 miles out to, you know, hundred miles out, just whatever that is, just to, to see how many rides you might be willing to drive to. 
Right. So I'm looking at this, like the different types of rides you have, like Charity Cross, Gravel Road, etc. Mm-hmm. Actually, the funny thing is I don't actually see road listed on there. It's just a road ride. But one of the things that I was, when I was playing around with my idea was like, it needs to be, at least for me, right? Like I don't want to show up for an A-ride and just get hammered and dropped in the first 10 minutes. And then I'm on my own for the rest the next hour or two or whatever, right? Like, is there a way to sort by like intensity or rides with, you know, a B or a C group or women's only ride, you know, beginner ride, no drop ride, et cetera, like that? Yes. So when someone creates a ride, they can create categories. It's pretty common to do an A, B, and a C. And so usually they'll set the speed range for that. And so when you jump on a roster, it'll ask you, do you want to do A? Do you want to do B? Do you want to do C? And then in the roster breakdown, it'll show how many people are doing C, how many people are doing B. Now, the ride creator defines those, you know, everybody's idea of A, B, and C is a little different, but there's a spot in the ride description and the details where they can make uh, any additional. And we have kind of all of the above here in town. We have a women's only ride and they'll put that right there in the description. You know, this is for women. It's a no drop ride. Sort of all those things that you would normally have to email back and forth to get information for. You can post it all right there. So all the information uh, is right where you want to see it. Right. We also added on the new 3.0 version now is if you have an A, B, and C, but they're going to have different links, which is becoming pretty common now. You'll have the A guys go 60 miles and the B, et cetera, and the Cs go 15 miles. You can actually upload all three of those routes too. So people are downloading the appropriate route. So you can do the long, the medium, the short, or however you want to break it down. So everybody has the correct route in their GPS so they know where they're going. Cool. So the, I'm assuming you can upload a GPX route and people, you know, if you join the ride, you just download that. Yeah, that's correct. Correct. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm curious because I know like ride with GPS is something a lot of people use, which is a subscription based plan. So is, is there any weirdness about, you know, if I have my subscription, and I create this GPX file and then I just give it away to everybody. There's no issues with that. We leverage the the public APIs from all of these services. So call it Garmin, Strava, Ride with GPS. So, you know, we, we leverage those that they offer. And so we, again, you have to authenticate to do that, right? We have to have your permission to link to your account. But we use that just for uh, mapping and, and we try to, you know, pull as much information as we can in terms of uh, distance and speed and, you know, road type and, and whatnot um, where we can. But um, But yeah. That hasn't been an issue. Oh, so is it's actually pulling the route straight from the third party as opposed to like me downloading a GPX to my computer That's and then correct. uploading it into the ride. That's correct. Well, yeah. you have you have all those options. Tyler. Oh, so okay. I mean, if, if you've got a good set of oh man, these are all my rides over years, you can you can direct you know just directly create it from a GPX. But we've we've really worked hard to make Chasing Wants agnostic or dependent on any other third party system, right? So if you know, Strava has been known to change their stuff around. Um, the guys that ride with GPS, they, you know, they may, they may think that they need to do something different. And so we never want to get stuck or in a spot that things are going to break on us. And so the idea is that when you link to those accounts and you authenticate those accounts, it makes creating rides very, very easy though. Um, you know, again, you just, your public rides show up when you're adding a ride and, and you can select and, and it just, it, it fills in some of the information and you're like Scott said earlier, I think you can, you can create a ride in probably under a minute. Yeah, it's just it's that easy. Yeah, if you have a, a route that you just rode in Strava and you want that to become a ride, it, it's it takes no time at all once you've authenticated. Nice, very cool. So I'm curious, what is the business model? Because I could just create a free account. I'm assuming I can find rides for free. So how do you? How will you make money, or how are you making money now? 
we are not making money right now. <laughs> you know, this is right now we're still riding on our uh, passion. Our passion, <laughs> yeah. We're riding. We're riding that wave. Uh, again, working, working hard again with the, with the three Oh release, you know, we, we've got some, we got some features in there that I think just, it distinguishes us quite well and sets us up for that future conversation around how we want to look at, you know, whether it's subscription model or, or as Scott mentioned, you know, something around the hubs and just how do we segregate feature sets? Uh, and so that's, that's kind of where we're headed, assuming that, folks like the site and everything goes well as we, as we hope. And so that's where we're at. Yeah. I would imagine as you accumulate users, having like a massive user base opens up a lot of opportunities, you know, like Strava has Strava challenges. Now that people pay brands pay a lot of money to host because it's, you know, the, the ROI is there in terms of like interest and getting email addresses or whatever else it is that the party collects. So yeah, it's exciting. I'm, I'm stoked for you guys on this. I'm curious about the competition too, right? So Link My Ride just popped up. There was actually one, I think this is where I got that 2016 number from is because one called Join has been on the App Store since 2016. Yeah. yeah. But again, like no one around here uses it. I'm in Greensboro, North Carolina, just for reference, right? Like, you know, we've got a decent cycling culture here. Not crazy, but like none of my friends use it. None of the shops use that one. Um, what's uh, like, what do you think of those guys? And <laughs> It's it's funny, you know. I, I I still have the Join app, right? And and so when we talked earlier about you know kind of market research, I you know I high level I did all that, right? And and so the competition landscape was I don't want to say not existent, but very lean, right? And so in this segment, because there's that's there's pre ride, during ride, and post ride, and and every app out there is all the, the the latter two. And so everything around logistics was just very slim, and and I think. Part of what we've got going on that we've been successful with is, you know, we cycle a lot and we understand what makes sense to us as cyclists and not just, I think this is something that we're, we're very serious about is that we're not just a site for fast roadies, right? It's, it's, it's really a platform because we, we've got beginner rides. We've got, we've got a little bit of everything. Mountain there. bike, gravel. Exactly. And so, you know, I think that's what helped us keep our momentum going that we have over the last three years uh, to, to provide you know, we're working to constantly not just add features to add features, but add the right features and get the right fixes in to make sure that people have a good experience. And I think that's what has helped us be successful is giving them the content they need. And the other sites that that are out there, they're, uh, you know, what, however you want to frame it is just they, they've got a, a very specific certain feature set. And sometimes that that doesn't that doesn't meet the needs of a general cycling audience. One of the things that's been advantageous for us is since Jason and I are still very active in the cycling community, we, we race and we ride a lot, is we get a lot of feedback from the users. And so they've been able to tell us if they've you know run into some headwinds, if something is sort of difficult for them to, to comprehend. And we've used that feedback to really make it as user-friendly and as easy to use as possible. A lot of apps that are out there, I think um, they're just difficult to use and people don't like using them. And that's one of the reasons they just kind of sit there on the store and, and nobody's utilizing them. So with ours, we went through great pains to make it very easy to create a ride because that's the whole point of the app, right? Is you have some content on there, you have some rides to look at all over the world. And so we made it as easy as possible for somebody to literally sign up like you just did and go and create a ride. And there you go. It serves its purpose. If you have to click on 50 different things, the chances of somebody using it habitually are, are virtually none. And so we're constantly getting that feedback from the people that we use since it is, I mean, it's almost ubiquitous here in Houston, even in Texas. And so we get 
tons of feedback. We get emails. Jason gets emails virtually every day by people who love it and are using it, but have some input and some thoughts about it. And I think that we've been able to tweak it over these last several years makes a big difference. Yeah. Is that you, you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but like, do you feel like that lull during the pandemic was a blessing in disguise? Or do you wish you had just been like able to pour fuel on that fire for the past year and a half, two years? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little slit on that, right? But I, I think in hindsight, though, it really was, it really was a blessing for me technically, just because, you know, in general, everything was slow and, and we could put some, some better thought around how to develop some of the features that we did. And so it really framed us up when the pandemic lifted and that, that boom that we had, yeah. it was for us, we were staged, ready to go. And so when those folks hit the road, we were there and it was just incredible for us that, that 2020, 2021 year was, uh, we just had amazing response and, uh, it's, it, you know, so hindsight, yeah, it was, it was a great thing for us. Plus all the fitness you gained during the lockdown. That's right. <laughs> all those, uh, all those, all those internal workouts, solo miles. <laughs> right. Well, I will say as far as the competition goes, you guys have the coolest name by far, uh, yeah. chasing wise, but, but I do like, okay. So the name I literally had in mind for mine was just called group ride, like super original, <laughs> but, al but also like super to the point, you know, like you wouldn't yeah. ever question what it was what about. It yeah. And uh, so I do wonder as much as I love your name, like, is it, does yeah. it sound more like it's like for that super hardcore rider? Like, do you think it's turning off the, the beginners and the newbies that might really benefit from using your service? Yes. I, I you know, we've had this feedback, honestly, you know, before of, Oh man, I thought this was a, you know, a training for racers for you know, <laughs> training because yeah. uh, just to give you a little bit of insight on the name, because I came up with this just because when I was training so much, I, I just, it was, uh, I would always tell my wife or my, my colleagues like, man, I'm just, I'm chasing those Watts, you know, I just, whether you're chasing points or to upgrade or to win a race or whatever, you're like, Oh, I'm just chasing Watts, man. I'm just, I'm looking at the power all the time. And so that, that just kind of always stuck with me. And that's why I, that's why I came up with that. But, um, yeah, we, we've, we've talked about branding and, and what really makes sense. But again, it's, uh, I think Scott touched on it a bit earlier. We just, yeah, here in especially in Houston, it's just we've got such good following recognition of uh, again, it's it's so organic in terms yeah. of people. <clears throat> hey, you know, just their 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 daily weekly routine is hey, did you check Tasty Wants? And it's just amazing to hear that when I'm on group rides, they don't know who I am, and, and people's like, oh well, yeah, you check the site. <laughs> like, oh, that's still so awesome. Well, and it, and it's become funny because obviously the people that know what Watts are, it makes perfect sense to them. But the people that don't or they're new to cycling or they're just, you know, recreational cyclists and could care less, it's almost a little bit tongue in cheek for them. And so they, they kind of use it almost as a, as a little bit of an inside joke. So we were afraid of that. And we had that conversation a lot that it was going to feel very sort of elitist, you know, just for, for racers. But at this point, I think it's so many people, at least around here, recognize it and kind of know what it means that it would just, uh, I would feel like we were going backwards yeah. if we, if we called it, you know, bubble gum or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a marketing issue too, right? Like whoever would have known like what Strava meant or Zwift, you know, it's just, exactly. yeah. you know, at least you guys have real words. That's right. <laughs> we do have real words. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> I right. like it. Awesome. Yeah. That's kind of my questions. I just, as much as anything, like I just love talking to founders and hearing their story and how they got going with this. But also I think it's obviously if I spent, you know, literally like weeks working on a stupid deck for something I'm never going to do anything with now. I think it's a brilliant idea and I just wanted to introduce our listeners to it too. So, you know, as, as stoked as I sound, this is not, you guys aren't paying to be on the show. There's, it's not an ad or anything. I just pretty rad project and I'm excited to talk about it. 
Well, we, we appreciate your enthusiasm because we, we kind of have that same internal conversation every day. Like it's, it's pretty, we're pretty excited about it. It's to use your word, it's pretty rad. We, we <laughs> like it. And the fact that we feel like we're bringing people together in their community, wherever that happens to be so that they can kind of share in that radness and have rides and, and be really stoked on their local community of group rides, whatever that looks like to them, being able to help that. And then getting the feedback, having those people contact us and and tell us their story is also pretty, pretty fun. Cool. Last thing I just wanted to kind of ask you guys about is, you know, so there's another one that just came out called like we ride, but it's, we like W3 ride play on like web three. Um, you know, and myself, I was working with a group on a project called bike club that was, you know, with a ride and earn mechanism in it, you know, all kind of built on blockchain crypto stuff. But then on the non web three side you have like swift has their points which currently are worthless other than you know in-game upgrades right that you can't take with you anywhere across the web or the blockchain so but i feel like that's it's a matter of time before that changes but i think more and more people love this sort of reward mechanism for doing it have you guys looked at that or trying to tie in like real world rewards with ride accomplishments or anything like that yeah, I wish, and it's and it's been in the platform for a while now. I, that was one of the original things I, I kind of put in when we when we went forward. It's called a jewel, right? To tie into the chasing watch, right? So, oh yeah, I saw it on my dashboard. I have zero because I. That's just right. <laughs> you need to fix that. You got to get going. <laughs> I got to get out so there. So it's 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 meant to be. Uh, it's a point system, right? And so same idea. Um, as you interact, create rides, chat, join, do whatever, uh, you earn points through the system and. We did a couple of contests uh, a couple of summers ago, and we use them for just incentivizing uh, gamification, if you will. But the idea is, again, to tie into the hub to say, OK, look, we've got these partnerships set up with whether it's, you know, cash in your points for coffee or, or bike gear or, or just whatever. But, you know, that was the idea around that is just to help help the community kind of dovetail in and, and make it fun while doing it. I mean. Uh, yeah, for, foreseeably that would tie into the hubs and right. and like you mentioned, sort of larger corporate sponsors that want to support rides and, and organizations and stuff like that. It, so it's it's coded in there; it already exists in there. But you know, there's not. It's not like you're going to get a free kit in the mail anytime soon. But it's already in the app. It's something that we use, and you're accruing points already. It's just the the reward side of that is sort of yet to be determined. Right on. Very cool. Yeah, I think there's a ton of potential with that. It's especially the more you can leverage that into the real world as opposed to these kind of digital only I challenges. Agree. Yeah, no digital sunglasses. We, uh, I, had yeah, right? <laughs> I, I, I had to admit, we had one, uh, I don't remember who it was, but anyway, someone, I just, the, the response was similar to what you said that we've been, we've kind of been on the scene and, and relatively low radar, but the response was it was surprisingly robust. Right? I mean, we, <laughs> That's right. We've got, uh, Our app is surprisingly robust. Surprisingly robust. I just love that. But, you know, we, we do have a, a ton of, of, of good features in there that, again, it's not features to add features, but I, you know, I think they all mean something and, and, and folks can use them to make their cycling habits better. So. Cool. Awesome. Well, guys, I appreciate your time and, yeah, Absolutely. anything else that you want people to know about Chasing Watts that I didn't ask about? Download the app, try it out, create a ride. Yeah, that's it. Know the route. That's Know uh, the route, that's right. That's our other, other deal, know the route. That's, know our, the, that's our most recent t-shirt, know the route. Or knowtheroute.com, it'll, it'll take you to good places. <laughs> Very cool. Awesome, well, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thanks. If you like this episode and have a product or tech you're curious about, head over to bikerumor.com slash podcast and fill in the form to submit your idea. You'll also find links and photos for this episode there. 
plus a link to this and every other episode we've ever recorded. If you really like this and want more, hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player and leave us a rating and review. That's the grease that keeps our wheels spinning over here in podcast land, and it helps us keep getting amazing guests for you. You can find us on social. We're at Bike Rumor on all the things. And if you like random entrepreneurship, NFT, Web3, cycling stuff, you'll find me at Tyler Benedict on all the social channels. Thanks for listening. Until next time, keep the rubber side down.